Are we on? We're on. and Sophia here as usual as usual joined by Ziggy and Yuri <laughs> we're at Jessie's house again with her two wonderful cats who are sniffing the ever-loving heck <laughs> out of Sophia's luggage it's late and we're having a little sleepover before we head down to Kyra Shimmy Quake tomorrow so we'll be driving down the five that's Hi. The I-5, for those of you not from California. <laughs> we'll be driving down the 5 to Glendale for day one of Cairo Shimmy Quake. Yeah. It's going to be fun. It'll be exhausting. We're doing a 12-hour intensive with all of the current Fat Chance Belly Dance teachers. Mm-hmm. Sounds Carolina. And then two two-hour workshops. Sophia and I will be teaching a duets workshop, which will guarantee ridiculousness. Um, Yuri is pawing in your luggage, by the way. That's fine. Okay. <laughs> He's like, I want to go. I want to come to Kyle quick. What's he chewing on? I'm going to get him. <laughs> he was on your shoes. Oh. He was like sniffing the inside of your shoe. Ew, what a what a perv. You stay away, you gross little thing. <laughs> well, by the time this airs, we'll we'll be back and exhausted. Yeah, we will have been well past Kairoshimi Quake. So. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know what? You want to know? You want to know something? One of my favorite things about ATS is planning the set, the performance. One of my p- favorite things to do. I think that's why I loved our set from. Reunion mm-hmm. 2019 so much was because we really got to like think of a concept and plan it all out and make sure it was good for the type of show we were performing in. Mm-hmm. Obviously, with a lot of high caliber, it was an I, it was an ATS crowd, not ITS crowd. Um, you know, just really catering our show to that. And I had a lot of fun doing it. About that. We yeah. will be teaching a workshop, essentially based on oh yeah that our our approach to set building. So <clears throat> if you enjoyed that set from last year, yeah, or I guess this year, Jesus, this year, yeah, it's twenty nineteen. <laughs> Still twenty nineteen. It's so early in the year that I'm just like that was last year, and I go, oh wait, no, that was this yeah. year. Yeah. So, um, yeah, if you are going to be at ATS reunion, or if you're on the fence and you know, are registering later. I'm sure there will be spaces available, but Fat Chance Belly Dance will be teaching a workshop together all about improvisational choreography and building an amazing set, and it's going to be fun. Yeah, it'll be really exciting. You get to kind of peek behind the curtain and get some insight into our process. Yeah, because we do definitely put a lot of thought into it. You know, as, as much as this is all improv and we do... Do set, do do. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> we, I'm tired. Shut up. Um, we do sets on the fly all the time. Like yeah. there will be times where we don't have time for rehearsal or, you know, but there are those times where we consider it a really ho- high profile gig. So we'll put a lot of thought into mm-hmm. it. Like the homecomings, the ethnic dance festivals, the, yeah, you know. I think we've all been dancing long enough Mm -hmm. and we've been dancing with each other long enough that like a straight up improv set is like in a stage setting, like a big stage setting just isn't that intellectually stimulating for us anymore. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? It's like when it like for, for us, it's like, Oh, well we want to do something that really challenges us and like challenges what we can do with, with the dance form. So when we get an opportunity to have like a big stage show and mm. present something different and interesting, that's always really exciting to us. But you know, like improv is our bread and butter and like we can all do it in our sleep. So yeah, totally. I'm not, yeah. It's like, yes, improv is our bread and butter. It's what we do. We can do it in a flash. We can, yeah. If somebody I just think was like doing a set right, right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but we want it, like you said, how can we challenge ourselves? How can we? Yeah, make it interesting to a lay audience who doesn't really necessarily care that it's improv. Mm-hmm. You know, often like or no, they yeah. often don't even know. Or no, yeah, but like for ethnic dance festival where it's a panel of judges and what they are really into are these big groups doing highly organized, choreographed, highly technical sets. When we come out and just do a jam improv, it's just not that interesting yeah. to them. There is a limit to what can be achieved with just straight up improv. ATS, yeah. yeah. So that's when you do see us put out videos at EDF that there's a lot of like big formations and mm-hmm. staging. Because con- we're considering our audience. Yeah. And our audience at EDF are those judges. Mm-hmm. And our audience at Reunion are other fellow ATS dancers. So that's the scenario where you have an all ATS show. Yeah. And you're thinking, yeah, we can improv it. And it would be very, it would be very good, very entertaining. But what can we do that would be really exciting? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That doesn't break the mold too much. Right. Right. Exactly. Again, you know, there's a time and place for different sort of theatrical elements, different staging. Mm Mm-hmm. Choreography. I think there's a time. We've talked about that before. I think there's a time and place for choreography if judiciously and thoughtfully used. Um, But yeah, you know, like this is, if you want to come learn about this kind of stuff with us, then you should sign up for our workshop at Reunion. You should also sign up for the Tessera workshop. (laughs) Also that. Yeah. (laughs) Well, just we're plugging workshops. Hey, why not? Yeah, it was the Tessera sampler platter. If you don't Google sampler platter. <laughs> <laughs> we just like to name our combos after food. So if you're looking for a heaping helping of Tessera yeah. dialect, it's going to be ridiculous. Yep. <laughs> Bring a spoon and fork. <laughs> <laughs> don't stab me. <laughs> but yeah, so Tessera workshop, that's like Friday. Yeah. And the FCBD workshop Saturday, Saturday morning yeah. before yeah. lunch, I think. Yeah. So it'll be fun. It'll be super fun. And looking forward to seeing everybody again. And looking more to looking forward to taking more workshops this mm-hmm. year. Definitely felt like 
I go every year, and this is the same for every festival, and I think we've touched on this before, is that you go and you're like, I'm going to do all the things, and you get there and you're like, <laughs> I'm exhausted. I'm so tired. <laughs> yeah. Self-care. Yes. Self-care. I'm sure we'll do another prepping for ATS reunion type thing when it gets closer to it. It's yeah. like, it feels like it just happened. But and now, now like registration, yeah, like registrations open. They're almost they're like selling out very quickly of the, of the weekend packages. So get yours today. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, speaking of shows, Jesse and I just went to Stardust Follies yeah. in San Francisco. This is Cami Little's annual show. This is her fifth annual show. This is actually the first one that I've ever been to. I think you've been to a couple in the past, but... Yeah, I think this was my third. I think they did it one year, and um, it coincided with Reunion. Mm. So and she... Oh, it was in January? Yeah, before it was in January, because Philippa went with me one year. And she oh, was yeah, in that's the Bay. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. why she was in town. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> and I think she moved it to, like, end of May, June, to coincide with Expansion, which mm. is her performance, Cami Little's performance intensive so where it's different than metamorphosis um, no i don't think it's metamorphosis it's um chrysalis yes <laughs> see has to do with butterflies yeah yeah no her um chrysalis is what her certification yes that's her certification expansion is her five day um like choreography um intensive where the attendees study with Cammie and her group rigorously for five days, learning a choreography, putting together costuming and staging and, and then present it at Stardust Follies. We should, I guess, Whew. back up. Yeah. Um, if you don't know who Cammie Little is, she's a fusion dancer out here in the Bay Area. She is the director of Gold Star Dance Company. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know super famous in her own right oh yeah <laughs> very sweet very talented lady yeah so um stardust follies it says an, i have the program in front of me it says stardust follies an evening of modern bohemian dance yeah and cammy um she came out and she did a little intro and it was i put together a show i would want to see mm-hmm which, as an event producer, as a show producer, you definitely have that sort of power, mm -hmm. which is great. But also, as somebody who is in the show, producing the show, you can't watch the show. <laughs> <laughs> How ironic. Boom. But she has all the video footage. Yeah, so that's she true. Can, that's true. She can watch it and enjoy it back and... Yeah. Yeah, she said she wanted to create a show that she would want to watch and also give dancers an opportunity to be on a, a professional theater stage with theater lighting and like all stage of the sort of trappings that comes with that. Yeah. yeah. Which is, when you think about it, it's really interesting because it's like the only time that belly dancers, particularly like tribal dancers mm -hmm. get the opportunity to be in like a professional stage show is when that opportunity is created by Another other belly belly dancers <laughs> right like right oriental or cabaret style is often on you know non-dance shows like yeah. edf is having nicole Hawk and her and Gunner? her group um 
for ethnic dance festival, you know, like you see orient more traditional styles of belly dance yeah. on large stage shows. Because, with some when, frequency. because when people think belly dance, that's what they think mm-hmm. of. Right. And like, yeah, now that, uh, belly dance superstars isn't a thing. Isn't a thing. Yeah. <clears throat> that was the first time I saw belly dance on a big professional theatrical stage was the superstars. Yeah. And I feel like that was like the old, that's like, it was like the only thing. And they you know, ended at that like, level. They ended like probably six or right. seven years ago yeah. now. Like that caliber yeah. of like professional show touring. Yeah. Um, I saw them once in San Jose when I moved back here. Well, they're doing like a revival thing right now, aren't they? With a couple I don't think that that's um, it's not touring, with, but with oh. Miles <laughs> Oh, they're about to get a cease and desist. <laughs> oh, I'm sure that Miles doesn't give a shit. Yeah. But like, but yeah, I mean, we digress. <laughs> um, yeah, the first time I saw Cammy perform was in England when she was touring with the Belly Dance Superstars. Um, I think I saw her in a stage production first. And then when I started working for the Belly Dance Superstars, um, and I was helping put together some of their workshop weekends because there used to be Rocks Britannia mm-hmm. and Tribal London, um, two events a year over there. And it was a lot, mm-hmm. but she would come out to both. Yeah. So I've known her for, you know, a little while. I wouldn't say we're besties, but we've known of each other for yeah. <laughs> a long time. So she's very sweet. And I really like, um. I really like the, what she's done with Stardust Follies, especially tying it into a um, intensive. How would you compare intensive. it to the other years that you've seen? I have no baseline, so. I don't remember the first year <laughs> I went, because I think it was the first one. Mm-hmm. Has it always been at this no. at Dance Mission? It used to be at a little theater in Berkeley. Oh. Hmm. Yeah, I think this was the first year that they were at Dance Mission. But I could be wrong. Yeah. Could be totally wrong. I liked um, the the theater in Berkeley that they did um, had a raised stage, so the dancers were above you, and the seating was on the floor, and it was a bit hard to see at times. Mm-hmm. So now that they're at Dance Mission, where the dancers are sort of eye level or below you, because it's more like stadium seating, I think that's better experience all around for mm-hmm. the dancers and the audience. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when it wasn't that little theater in Berkeley, uh, people in the back could barely see, you know, um, the one thing about the theater in Berkeley was that there was space for vending. Mm -hmm. So they would have like Millie selling baked goods. Um, those of you who don't know Millie, she's super sweet. She makes a lot of really cool flower jewelry too. Um, I often tag her in my Instagram for making my rose necklace. Um, Lee vended there one year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it felt bigger, like a bigger deal mm-hmm. in the other theater. But the way she curated the show was the same. Mm-hmm. She never, the only dancers that have been the same every year are the core dancers in her, in Gold Star Dance Company. You know? Yeah. So. A couple of them did choreographies, like they debuted choreographies. Uh, overall, I thought it was a well rounded show. Yeah, it had pretty good variety for, I mean, it was a very, it was a small show. It wasn't like two hours. No, it was, it was like an I hour it was like and a half perfect, or something. Perfect yeah. amount of dancing, mm-hmm. right? I think there was like 
30 or 40 minutes first act and then a 15 minute break and then 30 to 40 minute second act and you're done. I love Mm -hmm. it. I love it. I don't need hour long. (laughs) As an audience member, my attention span can, you know, I might want to get up and go to the bathroom and stretch and get a drink, but you don't want to like be that jerk that gets up in the middle of the show, (laughs) especially with stadium seat and you're in the front row or you have to step over people like that's the worst. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good variety. So they had um, Wild Card Belly Dance, obligatory shout out. Yep. <laughs> has there ever been a podcast where we have not there, mentioned? There has not. Okay, it's, can we talk about how Wild Card blew us all away by like spinning into a Turkish drop? My, my favorite thing about the Wild Card Turkish drop is that they do not fuck around on the floor at all. Yeah, yeah. They like, they. They go they're, down and they pop back boom. up and they're just like, well, if you blink, you missed it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They dropped it like it was fucking They hot. really fucking did. I love and that. And then they were boom, up dancing again. They did swords. They did the Turkish drop. They, yeah. I think that's the first time that they've been in Stardust Follies. Yes, I think yeah. so. I think so. Again, I could be wrong, but yeah. To my knowledge. To my knowledge. Um, yeah. They were, I think, the only improv group. Yeah. So there was good. So there was improv. There were solos. There was modern dance. Mm-hmm. Um, there was some cabaret, oriental yeah. style, where they did like veil and then what's yeah. the candelabra. I don't know what it's called, but I was a living for that shit. I was actually really hoping that there was going to be a Is super traditional sh- shambalam. <laughs> I don't know what it's called. Does it there say? Sh- it doesn't Sarah say. Shrapnel's gonna slap oh, me I the know. next time she sees me. Is it a sh- shambalamba? Oh my god! I'm gonna Google it. And then, oh, Jill Parker was there. Oh yeah. So her her sort of like nouveau tribal kind of thing. Um, and then Cammy's that large group choreography that you mentioned earlier. That was the finale. The yeah. Grand finale. It was good. Yeah, I'd say overall a really solid show. There were things that I liked more than others, but that's just, like, personal taste. There were some things I didn't like either, but the audience seemed very receptive to everything. Yeah. All of it was really interesting. Whether I personally liked it or not, I was entertained. Yeah. It's a... Did you find it? No. My laptop is being shitty. Let me find my phone. Ugh. Belly dance, candle. <laughs> I don't know what it's called. Shamadan? Is that what it is? Silver Shamadan, candelabra for there you Egyptian. Shamadan. I wonder if See, that's... I was close. I said Shambalar. <laughs> What's your new stage name? Shambalar? Shambalar. No, thank you. I wonder if we'll see Sarah Shrapnel at Cairo Shimikoi. She could slap me <laughs> for not knowing the word for the belly dance. Well, that's it's not our chosen it's right. not our chosen style, so. Anyway, any last thoughts on Stardust Follies? Do we want to talk about any of the specific performances? No, I think um 
keep uh, your eye out on Cammy's um, either Facebook page or YouTube channel because she definitely posts uh, the videos from Stardust Folly, so it's a way that you can enjoy it without being in the Bay Area. And, mm-hmm. But if you're ever around, it's worth it. The name of the wild card piece was hashtag joy of dance. Oh my god. I hate them so much. That is just How did we not clock so that before? Precious. I don't know. How did we not be like hashtag joy of dance? <laughs> I mean we can use it now. <laughs> you can be like hashtag. <laughs> oh my god, what boobs. Oh god. Anyway, sort of tied to the whole stage show thing. Jesse and I have been talking a lot about the dreaded theme shows. The dreaded themed show. Which this was not a theme show. No. But, you know, like a theater show in general presents unique challenges. And I think a themed show in particular is challenging. It introduces another level of... um, uh, complexity to your set planning and uh, I, I I'm in two minds about it like let's first of all lay out what we believe theme shows are <laughs> like when a, an, an event host says I want you to do a set around pirates a Halloween show a Valentine's Day show a Christmas show And, you know, they happen every year. And we will always, always and forever be invited to perform at these. And while I'm thankful for it, like for the gig and the chance to perform for people, when they're like, oh, can you stick to the theme of a Nutcracker Christmas? (laughs) I'm just like, what do I do with that? As an ATS dancer that has a very specific aesthetic and a very specific um, music yeah, see? Vicky agrees. Um, it's like, I sort of feel weird about music and costuming mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. Yeah, it's just so like, I mean, in terms of costuming, like, our look is so specific. Yeah. It's so specific, and there's really not a lot you can do Yeah, to venture outside of it and still have it be an ATS. An, an ATS. Look. And like, you know, we've done some weird shit. Totally. Uh, you know, and like the whole streamlined, more modern, like Bessie mm-hmm. look, like really is treading into fusion. Yeah. Um, and my thoughts, it, my thoughts on it have always been, this is probably gonna piss people off. I think I've said it before though. It's like, if you don't want to dance to ATS music and you mm-hmm. don't want to wear an ATS costume, then you probably shouldn't be an ATS dancer. Right. You know, like that's, it's the whole package, right? It's yeah, yeah. the aesthetic is really part of the art form. Mm-hmm. So it's not to say that it can't be played with to a certain degree, but like, I guess what's challenging about theme shows is that a lot of the times it just feels like really shoehorned in. Yeah. Um, and it's just like, I don't, I don't know. I often don't know how it can be done without it seeming really not, it's not cohesive to me. Right. You know, and maybe that's just my lack of imagination. (laughs) No. And I've always felt weird about like when we've been invited to do shows that they're like, Oh, can you dance on Valentine's day? 
And, you know, people that we're dancing with say, oh, let's wear all red, let's wear all pink. I'm like, yeah, okay, but they know they know who we are. They know what we do. Yeah, they're asking for that. Like, shouldn't we just give them that? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not saying I'm not suggesting we wear all black on things on Valentine's Day. <laughs> yes, I will throw in some pink in there. I think we performed at a breast cancer event. Yeah, were you at that one? Where we got the little pins? Yeah, I was at that. And they asked us to wear pink. Did they? For breast cancer. Did we wear pink? I wore a little bit. I was like, do you own any pink? <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely a thing they have asked of us. Um, as most recently last year, and I think I've talked about this before, where I went to uh, Tribal X mm-hmm. in Lisbon. Uh, and... I love that event, not only because it's just a really well put together event and all the organizers are really amazing, like um, Sophia Franco and I figured out that we are sisters from another Misters. <laughs> uh, we're basically the same person. Uh, it's kind of scary. Anyway, they always have a theme to that show. Philippa did that and I think hers was like Famous Painters, that mm-hmm. was the theme that year. So, um, there's, unfortunately there's no video of it, but she dressed up as a, a Salvador Dali painting where it was a woman and it, she wore like a very sleek streamlined look with a Bessie and the head of the, the woman in the painting is just a big bouquet of flowers. So she wore a lot of flowers in her hair, which still pretty ATS related, but I remember Philippa like really struggling with her choice of music with that and really trying to lean into the whole surrealism thing, Mm -hmm. but really trying to make it ATS again because she's, you know, very mindful of that thing. The year I did it, I, which was last year, we got, I got Quentin Tarantino. I struggled really hard with that one. Um, because uh, Quentin Tarantino does have a lot of really badass women in his movie. Mm-hmm. But what I really struggled with was how to make him, make it tie into ATS. Right. And still be identifiable as a Quentin Tarantino theme um, performance. But anyway, in Kill Bill, there's the scene where um, Uma Thurman's character, the bride, mm-hmm. fights over in Ishii in Japan when the, in the snow and... It has this beautiful song in the background. They're fighting. and But it's a Japanese song. And let me say, as a white woman <laughs> dancing to a Japanese song, I was like, I feel weird. I'm probably not going to do this. Like, as much as I love the song, as much as I hope I could make it work with costuming and maybe even borrowing a sword and doing some sword work, I still felt weird about it. So I, I let that one slide. Yeah. And then there's that really famous song from Pulp Fiction. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Miser Lou. Yeah. Which is actually an Arab song. Yeah. But lo and behold, there was another group dancing to it. So, which makes total sense because it's such a f- famous song. So then I decided on a song from um, the movie From Dusk Till Dawn. It was a very slow, sensual song. I get to the... It was sensual. Sensual. (laughs) But I was like, I can make this work. So I plan out the set. I get there. It turns out the burlesque performer that night chose the exact same song. And she made this special costume for it. 
which was like, like very close to what the character was wearing in the movie. And I was like, I'm going to let this, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to do this song justice with her mm-hmm. doing the same song. So I wound up like, you know, not ditching the theme because I, I wound up dancing to Enemy Guns by Devochka. So it has that sort of westerny, you know, feel, which mm-hmm. Quentin Tarantino does have, but it wasn't Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. People still really liked it, though, I hope. Well, you had the option, right? It wasn't, like, mandatory. You have to do something on theme. No, but it was highly encouraged. Mm -hmm. Strongly encouraged. And as somebody who's being paid to fly out and teach and perform, you almost feel that sort of, like, obligation to at least try. Yeah. So I tried, but without just completely shoehorning... It didn't, it just felt weird. Yeah, it's just the shoehorn factor for me. You know, it's like if you can find the right piece of music, that's really what, like, oftentimes that's really what it comes down to. Right. right? It's like finding that piece of music that, like, bridges the divide between, like, what we do and, like, what's trying to be done in a theatrical mm-hmm. presentation. And, like, finding the right music is just, is the challenge. Um, yeah, and, and if you have performed in a theme show... Please send us your videos. Mm-hmm. I would, we'd love to see them because um, I can be woefully uneducated about what's actually happening out there. Do not submit a video of you dancing to Santa Baby <gasps> because I will scream. Or, or let it go. I, no! <laughs> there was one year where I straight up saw three different belly dance performances to Let It Go and all of them had... Wings of Isis, yes. Wasn't that at Tribal Fest? I don't even remember. I was just, I was so annoyed. And it was not the same dancer. It was three different dancers. Oh, what if, yeah, that'd be funny if the same dancer signed up for three performance (laughs) spots (laughs) on the same day and just did the same act. Be amazing. It can be dead. You know, Nancy Trenzo has that, um... That, like, nerd, that Star Wars piece that she does. Oh, yeah, she did it really cute. Yeah. It was like, I forget what she calls it. 20s. Yeah, cause yeah, she has sort of like a flapper outfit on, and it's yeah. that song from the. Oh, there's that show. I don't know where it is, like Rock's Geek or something. Um, the camera. Uh, maybe it's in Chicago, because Camera has mm. um, danced in it. But like, those are some really amazing performances, done to more like, like a geeky theme. Yeah. Not really shoehorned in, but yeah, yeah. I, I, I love that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I have to give a shout out to um, Laura Crumland and Amina and Shanti, who for One Underground Nomads danced, oh to, <laughs> danced to the remix of the Harry Potter theme. And Laura was Snape, um, Amina was Harry Potter, and Shanti was Dumbledore. <laughs> and they did an ITS it's like sort of ATS set. It was amazing. Okay. It's so good. It was amazing. But they like went highly high camp and like yeah. it was such a joke right. that yeah. Right. And so, you know, I guess like a like theatrical, like a theatrical presentation is probably a little bit different than a theme, right? Mm-hmm. Like trying to present something that's consistent with a theme, like an overall theme of a show. And then, like, a theatrical presentation just sort of, like, exists on its own. Right. Right. Um, And 
Send Sophia Santa baby performance. Do not send me a Santa baby performance. I will be very upset. I won't be. I don't know why, but that is like, that is one of my biggest fucking pet peeves. Is people dancing, belly dancing to fucking Santa baby. I don't know why. I don't know why it bothers me so much, but it does. It doesn't matter what style it is. I just don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's nothing to do with skill and everything to do with the fact that I just don't like it <laughs> so I think the hardest thing for an ATS dancer is the Halloween theme show <sighs> I don't even know if I should express my true feelings about this it's just really hard because what are our options with the costuming that we use right okay <laughs> pirate full Disclosure, because in the interest of like honesty, I have I have done a Halloween show where I like went full on with the theme. <laughs> I think I was oh a ghost God. or something. It's from ages ago. I tried to wipe all evidence of it from my Facebook. <laughs> were, were, you, were you in a sheet with two holes? No, no. I just did the like. I think I wore like a white. I wore like maybe a white skirt and like a black chole and then it was just like makeup like I just had like white makeup and like really dark eyes and I had like a fascinator on it really didn't make a lot of sense it was like my best attempt at something spooky while still like I love this oh my god I'm sure I could find pictures of it it's horrifying oh and not god. in like an on theme kind of I way I really want you to do a pumpkin this year <laughs> An ATS pumpkin. I would rather not, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, no, the the dreaded Halloween show is just something I'd just rather bow out of because... Right. It's not that I think it's wrong to do. People can do whatever the ever-loving hell they want. Yeah. But I always just feel like if I'm going to do an ATS performance, I, w- I really want to just do an ATS performance and not worry about... Yeah. Like, should I be a pirate? Should I be this? Should I be a that? <laughs> and then stress out the music. <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean. You know, I I just would rather not. Well, do you think you would feel different about it now that you have been dancing with Desheret? And like, you've <sighs> tapped into that spooky side. Spooky. <laughs> spooky. Ooky. I would definitely not approach it in a very traditional Halloween way, mm-hmm. like a ghost or a pumpkin. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, I just don't. Yeah. It's like apples and oranges. Sure. Apples and oranges. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Well, we have to talk about Bramfatura. Yes. I'm sure. Like, I feel like I've been talking about them a lot lately. I feel like every other video you send me is a Brian Fatura video. So I think they're they're dancers from Ukraine, I think. Mm-hmm. Ukraine or Russia, somewhere out there. One of those. Um, <laughs> one of those one of those countries that uses Cyrillic. Um, they if you wanna see a really amazing thematic or theatrical like horror ATS set, you have to look up this Brian Fatura video i will we'll post it in the show in the show links but they i think it was for like a harry potter themed oh yes um show or something and they were 
Dementors. Yeah. It is fucking amazing. Okay, it's so great. it's like, in and of itself, the dancing is really good, mm-hmm. right? In and of itself, the dancing is really good, but they have, like, just fucking balls to the wall, just went whole hog with this, this set. Like, they fully committed to the theme. Right. And I think that that is what is difficult about a lot of, like, ATS presentation in theme shows or theatrical presentations with ATS is that, like, if you're going to do it, you really have to go all out. Yeah. Don't half-ass it. Don't half-ass it. Whole ass then that's it. when it looks like, oh, you just tried to, like... You just put on your regular costume and dance to a spoopy song. Right. Werewolf bar mitzvah. (laughs) (laughs) Spooky scary. Boys becoming men. Men becoming wolves. (laughs) It's always Halloween around here, so. (laughs) But, oh my god, I cannot sing the praises of this performance enough. Like, it is to me the best example that I have ever seen of ATS presented, you know, like a theatrical ATS performance. Yeah. Because everything about it was so thought out from the costuming to the way that they sort of stylized the movements to like... The music selection. Yeah, the music selection. It was all there. I I loved it, but I was so disappointed in myself that I didn't think of it. It should have been mine. I was like, damn it, this is so amazing. I hate it. I love it. It's so good. It's so good. It really is like one one of the best... It's it's definitely the best theatrical. It's probably like one of the only I can even think of off the top of my head. ATS in yeah. particular. It's off like, the top of my head, but I'm sure if I did more research, I could find. Yeah, some. I mean, it's. I think the lesson to be learned from that performance is that if you're gonna do it, you you better go hard. Better use your whole ass. Right. Yeah. Right. You just have to just. You just have to go into it and really commit. And I think like. Those okay. are the most successful performances when you're trying to do yeah. something a little bit off the wall. I have an idea. Yes. What we do in the shadows theme. <laughs> I just don't have, I don't have the like ability, but I don't have much of an imagination. So it's like hard That's for a lie. me. It's hard for me to like really embody anything other than like myself. I think I've said this before on the show, but I feel like part of the reason that I became an ATS dancer was because I, like, did not want to have to express any emotions on stage. I honestly think that that might be part of it, because I am, like, a very emotional person in real life. I'm Scorpio, so I burn super hot all the time. Um, And, like, for me, like, I don't get on stage because I, like, have a story to tell to people, like, that I want to, like just leave all my emotions on the floor like it's just not that's not for me that's not why i dance and that's you know like i if people do that that's totally fine it's just not my skill set right (laughs) which is why i started doing this stuff with um ariella to begin with Mm because it wasn't in my wheelhouse and it was always something that i've always wanted to try and i felt absolutely ridiculous putting myself out there and being angry on and expressing anger on stage mm-hmm. and and remorse and you know it was really hard but i'm glad i did it will it apply to ats maybe someday 
Will I ask you to be a part of that project? Probably not. <laughs> I just don't have the emotional. I don't have the emotional range. You have for the that emotional kind of range of a teaspoon. It's true, and I know that about myself. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a good thing to know about yourself. And yeah, I just wanted the challenge. Um, we'll see what comes of it. Yeah, I mean, emoting is like it's a whole thing. I came across some feedback that we got oh no so eight like in another lifetime when we were dancing when jesse and i were dancing in another group we did a competition oh yeah a one-off competition that we did um which is interesting that's like a whole other yeah topic because the whole competition circuit is like part and parcel of cabaret of cabaret dancers yeah. you know it's like a thing that they do they do the competition circuit belly dancer travel, of the year yeah. belly dancer of the universe like people yeah. travel all around like participating like doing these competitions and that is just like not a thing in our particular yeah. slice of the belly dance world um and when you go to <laughs> when you go to a competition as a tribal dancer as an ats dancer they don't really know what to do with you. Yeah. Right? Like, I don't even think there was... There was just a tribal category. Yeah. Because they didn't have... An ATS any ATS category. Any and they didn't ATS have any ATS, ATS judges. Yeah. Which, like... Fair being enough. judged by people that don't really understand your style is interesting. It is interesting, but I feel like if you know something that is entertaining... Right. It's entertaining. Yeah. So what, like, I recently, I recently came across the written feedback that we got from the judges because I was, like, doing a bunch of spring cleaning and found, found a bunch of this stuff. And, like, one of the comments was, like, you have to show something more, you have to, like, emote more and show something more than just, like, general pleasantness when you're dancing. And I was, like, the, the, that's, that's, what that's we do. like, what we do. <laughs> It's either, That's what we do. It's either like, super happy or happy but looking at a nice calm right. yeah. lake, <laughs> yeah, a sunset. And like, cause you know, like our focus isn't so much on like the emoting as right. it is about like the interaction between the group and like the group presentation. And we've talked about this before on the podcast right. about how like you don't want to detract from what the group is doing by like showboating basically <laughs> yeah no and i think i've i wonder if i have said this on the show before but like talk to your troop about emoting because when philippa and i first started dancing together the, a lot of the feedback that we got was philippa would be like super smile big giant grin beaming and i would have much a, a smaller smile <laughs> And people would be like, Philippa looked like she was having a great time. <laughs> you you look fucking miserable. Yeah. <laughs> and so we had to like compromise. Like I had to smile bigger. She had to like turn the volume down just a little bit. And then we got there. But yeah, talk to your fellow troop mates. Because having that one person look miserable while the other people look super happy is very distracting. Mm -hmm. Or the other way around. If, like, everybody is just, like, really has, like, a half smile and mm -hmm. there's that one person who's, like, super beaming, then... Right, yeah. Or it's like if you do the Halloween show and you're dancing to the, like, spooky music and you got the, like, ATS face on, it's not really oh, yeah. gonna work. <laughs> Unless it's werewolf bar mitzvah. <laughs> Unless it's werewolf bar mitzvah, then, then you're probably striking the right balance. 
Please somebody dance to werewolf and and send me a video. Oh Lord. I used to teach a private, uh, a monthly private when I was living in England. I used to go to um, Liverpool and teach like a monthly private lesson. And afterwards we would go to a pub and have a dance jam in one of their back rooms. And they would always put on um, a (laughs) fucking funny song. It was, um, Beaker from the Muppets uh-huh. singing a Habanera. <laughs> and we would all dance to it. Oh, it was cute. super fun. But that wasn't a show. It was right. just a dance jam. It just reminded me of like just mm-hmm. dancing to ridiculous music is fun sometimes. Right. And it's not, I don't know. I mean, I guess, I think I'm always going on about how I personally feel like the emotional range of ATS is really narrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is both like a strength and I think a weakness of what we do. Yeah. But, you know, then I see dancers like Bram Fatura, right? Like taking it to the max. Take it to the limit. Right. Or dancers like Suze. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. A reunion where, oh. you know, that was totally theatrical, like can't be fun. And then remember the performance that she did at Tribal Fest? With, it was a whole narrative, but it was still ATS. I saw that one. Oh my god, she had the room in tears. Oh my god. So it was like her and like teaching her class to her oh, students. Oh yeah. And then the students like sort of, you know, became her troop and then teaching their own class. It was like a mama bird raising her birds and then the birds leaving the nest. Mm-hmm. It was so heartwarming. That's sweet. Suze is great. Hey, Watch Suze's videos. She's fun. We love her. I think the thing that you absolutely cannot do if you want to do a theatrical presentation is what you said earlier, which is just have the weird music or whatever, have the different music and then just do a normal ATS performance. Like, I definitely feel like it's something that takes a lot of consideration and planning and rehearsing and, and, and not to say that you should rehearse it to death. So it's basically a choreography, but just getting the flavor right. Yeah, I totally agree. I'm going to say this. I just feel like this is, it's too, it's too on point of an example to not bring it up, but we were talking about Tribal X and this year Kelly Beeston's group did a piece to the Raven, the Raven. So it was, the theme was the the written written word and they did a piece to someone reading the Raven by Edgar Allan Poe. Which I think this is a super interesting idea, and I think that there's a lot of opportunity for interesting interpretation. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like the performance kind of missed the mark. You know, sort of, it was this lost opportunity. Like, I feel like you could have just put on whatever music yeah. over, over their performance, and it would have looked exactly the same. Like, I didn't feel like I saw any interpretation of the way the the words were being read and even the the um rising and falling yeah. of his voice and the cadence at which he spoke um i do give them some credit because i think they may have only had one rehearsal together sure and that's a really difficult thing to put together when you're all coming from different countries and you're scrambling to put something together and so a lot of props to them for that but i Definitely also thought it left something to be desired, which isn't to say it wasn't, you know, a good, the, the, the dancing wasn't good because the dancing was good. <laughs> it, um, just left me feeling a little empty. 
Yeah, I just wanted to see more. Like for me, you know, that that was an example of like not really fully committing to the right. idea. Right. Um, and maybe it's something that got totally lost in translation over video. It's possible. Because I know when I watch my videos back, or if I watch a video back of a performance that I really like seeing live, it just doesn't carry the same weight and it doesn't have the same impact. Mm -hmm. But so we can go back to the Bram Fatura example. Super impactful. Imagine seeing that live. Oh my god. I would have lost my shit. I would have had to hold you down. I know. I would have had to spray you with a hose. <laughs> Back beast. But yeah, I think for me, if you're going to do a theatrical thing, you got to just fully commit. Send us your videos. Prove us wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Prove me wrong about the limited emotional range of ATS. That's honestly just my limited emotional range. <laughs> Yeah, what does Carolina say? Smile or get off the stage, right? So, smile. That's pretty much it. Yeah. But, you know, we're coming from a place where we've been taught a very specific look, a very specific aesthetic, a very specific music playlist that we can choose from as the appropriate presentation for what we do. Mm -hmm. That's the background we're coming from. Right. Whereas I feel like if you're not exposed to that that those guidelines those pretty strict guidelines you see a lot more freedom within those those specific boundaries right fair enough like i said i'm not here to tell anybody what to do you can do whatever the hell you want to do <laughs> doesn't mean i'm gonna necessarily like it yeah right but you know that's your but that's your people to. people shouldn't give a shit what i think <laughs> i also firmly believe that like yeah and it's not like, it doesn't mean my feelings about uh, dancing to Santa Baby <laughs> or, you know, like any kind of, any kind of like non, non-traditional music doing a belly dance set to that mm. is like, at the end of the day, like if you're having fun on stage. Oh yeah, we're totally. Gonna whether or not I would personally do that is irrelevant to my experience in that moment. Yeah. Like, I think, like, Don, do you remember Don Ruckert's Elvis? Oh, piece? yeah. I would never in a million years do that because I'm, like, way too self-conscious. But, like, they were having so much fun. And they, they committed, it. they committed full, yeah. fully to the idea. And I thought that that was they a really fun piece. It. I thought it was super fun. Everybody with their back turned and the collars popped and their initial on the back. I thought that was so cute. It was super cute. I couldn't do it. No, I couldn't. But you did do the superhero set. Okay, that was fun. See? That was, I was like so fucking nervous going up there, <laughs> but like. Yeah, I pulled out of that one. I was like, I can't do this. Yeah. Yeah. It, but like. We were just dressed up as superheroes. We weren't conveying emotion. Yeah, but it was still like a, th a thematic, theatrical. I thought I looked fucking great in my Superman costume. You did Thank look great. You. <laughs> and then we had Mandy as Batman, Becca as Robin, Terry as Wonder Woman, um, Lisa as Catwoman, I believe. Mm, not so much a superhero, but we can get into that later. Um, Dawn is the Green Lantern. So it was a good, I thought it was cute. We had a really cute like set. It was like a little surprise, cheeky thing we did. So 
I don't think anybody, any of us was taking it that seriously. Yeah. It was fun, though. Yeah. I need to find a reason to use that costume again. <laughs> it's the only time I've ever seen you wear red. Like, that shade of red. Oh, yeah. It was, like, orangey, crimsony red. I'm like, yeah. what are you talking about? It's, like, all I wear. I'm wearing red right now. Yeah, but that's not the same. That's not, like, this Superman. This is dry red. blood red. <laughs> blood of my enemies. Yes. Oh, my God. We're rambling now. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I think our feedback also applies particularly to ATS. I think that fusion dancers definitely have way more freedom. Yeah. Way I, more freedom. I think it's like, and if you want to do it, you should. Like I, I encourage experimentation yeah. and pushing the boundaries of what we do. But I feel like if you're going to do it, you should be very thoughtful about what it is that you're trying to present. Anyway, our feedback is definitely more tied to ATS. Not yeah. confusion. Mm-hmm. I was a bird for the death threat. <laughs> In my ballet leotard. <laughs> Last year with Deshret, um, Amina and Laura and Danielle were monsters under the bed. Right. So they can get away with that theme stuff. Can you imagine an ATS chancer trying to be a monster under a bed? Oh my God. Well, maybe we just need to challenge ourselves. Maybe we should be birds. Maybe we should be birds. There is flock of birds. This is a thing. Exactly. I feel like maybe this should be our challenge to ourselves to put together a theatrical piece. Uh, I just said what we do in the shadows. <laughs> you can be. I want to do a scary one like Bram Fatura. Let's do Bram Stoker's Dracula. <laughs> Let's do Beetlejuice. It's been done. Has it? Yep. With ATS dancers? No. Fusion. Exactly. Let's do Beetlejuice. <laughs> Let's do Freddy Krueger. Oh my god. <laughs> Hard to play Zills with the knife fingers. Uh, Hellraiser. I'll be Pinhead. <laughs> I mean, I can't even imagine, like, what is even a theatrical thing I would want to do? The Grudge. It's just so outside of the ring the realm of the ring wouldn't even be a problem to in this day and age the ring with the vhs tape everyone would be like what the fuck is this yeah. and throw it away right. it wouldn't even be a thing um oh labyrinth <laughs> none um, of these ideas are gonna work i know see this use is not your, a productive brainstorming session use your imagination Sophia. i don't have one <laughs> imagination that's part of the problem we'll work on that <laughs> all right we gotta go to bed yeah turning gonna turn into pumpkins good night <laughs> pumpkin ats yeah <laughs> You've been listening to The Q, an ATS podcast with myself, Sophia Salazar-Rubio, and Jesse Stanbridge. The music in this episode is Little Scary Movie by Nick Othien, available from the Free Music Archive. A couple updates. Since we recorded this episode, the weekend packages for ATS Reunion have sold out, but a la carte registration is now open. 
the Fat Chance Workshop is sold out, but I believe you can get on the wait list for that um, by sending an email to info at atsreunion.com. There's still a couple spaces available in the Tessera Workshop, so head over to the website to register for that. You can also uh, study some Tessera dialect at Hot Rocks coming up um, June 29th through 30th in Clovis, California. We're super excited for that. We'll also be performing in the gala show and we have some new exciting stuff to debut. So head over to hotrocks.com, that's H-O-T-R-A-Q-S, to sign up for workshops and also buy your gala show tickets. So we hope to see you there. Have you ever seen Moonrise Kingdom, that Wes Anderson movie? Yes. Like, where the little Boy Scout kid was looking for his girlfriend, and she was in a play, dressed up as a bird, and she was, like, the only black bird, and there was all these (laughs) tropical birds, and I was like, it's me! (laughs) Yeah. She was so miserable, it was great.